The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Oh, let's get this party started! Welcome to the revolution. Booyah! Outdoor radio at its finest. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little heated there. The movement gets stronger day by day. It's true! Let's crank it up! Let's go! Let the revolution with Jim and Trav begin. Here we go. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. That's the honey of a tree, Clark. Isn't it real? Yeah, yeah. Dug it out of the ground myself. That a fact. Oh my God, are you playing Christmas music already? Uh, you could do that. It is snowing. Look at Jimbo, he's frowning. <laughs> Look, he is. Bah humbug. Bah humbug. Hey, you go. Break out the snow shovel. Seriously, <laughs> it's Flannel Fest at Cabela's and Fast Pro Shops. The snow is falling in the Midwest. I'm seeing deer everywhere dead yep. on Instagram and Facebook. Pretty neat. And uh, I don't know, it just it feels like the it's holidays. It's the most wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. For Jim B. <laughs> All right, so we got an awesome show for you boys and girls lined up. This is Full Throttle Outdoors. Who we got coming up, Jimbo? Hey, Here we just got a second. Hey, yeah, uh, Scott Lyseth, uh, the host of Dead Meat on Sportsman's Channel, Saturdays at 2 o'clock. He's coming up first. Yeah, he'll be on in just a second after him. Oh, we're going to do a two-part with him. We're going to be talking about grinding up meat. We're going to be talking about eating wild cows. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, Kurt Wells, the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV, he's going to be joining us as well, talking about an amazing Alaskan brown bear hunt, plus some whitetail tips. Uh, to round out the show, though, hey, round out the show is going to be Eric Poole, editor of Guns and Ammo Magazine and co-host of Guns and Ammo on Sportsman Channel. Thursdays at 9 o'clock. Yeah, he's going to be telling us about the Guns and Ammo 2019 awards that they have given out for best the best stuff. best stuff for 2019 in the uh, firearms industry. Now, Mrs. Bunny, you're not going to stick around. Nope, but I love it. I'm Good. Gonna, I'm going to listen in. She's going to go uh, turn on some Nat King Cole. Yep. <laughs> She's going to rock out in her flannel. Make yep. some cookies. Yep. All right, so <laughs> let's get to Scott Laseth with Dead Meat. It's Full Throttle Outdoors this week. Now, here's a two-parter with Scott Laseth, host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. This is part one. Miss Bunny, what's your favorite dead meat before we go? My favorite dead meat? Yeah. Iguana. <laughs> I was not expecting Definitely. that. What does it taste like? Do not say chicken, Jimbo. <laughs> Don't. Do ask, not. You need to ask Scott. It tastes a lot like possum. Maybe so. In my opinion. <laughs> just a little more lizardy. Yeah. All right, so again, just now being joined by Mr. Scott Layseth, and he is a fabulous venison grinder. Uh, that's his nickname. He's a big hung of hunga chunk of meat. Uh, anyways, Mr. Scott, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> you know, it's going well, and I feel very fortunate to be able to do another season of Dead Meat because we haven't shot any new shows in a while, but we've got a whole new season, and we've got more to come in 2020, so there's all sorts of stuff people might not want to eat coming up on the show. Well, what's really neat is that with Dead Meat, it's a totally different kind of show. 
Um, Because, you know, the Sporting Chef, which returns in, I think, January 2020, all new episodes. I mean, that is such a classy show. You make these very proper, amazing dishes. But with dead meat, it's not that you're trying to get people to eat these strange things like Nutria. But you're kind of singling out different portions of the country where that's just common table fare. What they're eating, how they make it. And from the show, I mean, like we're eating snakeheads or something. It's actually delicious, isn't it? Snakeheads are great. Lionfish, in spite of their poisonous, spiny exterior, yeah, make some of the best fish tacos I've ever had. You know, over on the other side of the country, we go to Hawaii and we're hunting wild cows. Have you eaten a lot of wild cow in your time? Uh, not no, recently. I don't think so. They don't taste like like domestic cattle. What do they taste really? like? They're really super lean. So we're at 6,000 feet wow. facing these wild cows. And years ago, they built these big lava rock walls around the villages and around Kona to keep these cows from coming out of the woods and trampling villages. They, they see you, they beat feet. They're as spooky as any deer or elk, and yet they can hurtle over logs and rocks, and they feed off whatever it is they feed off. So they're lean. They don't sit around in a feedlot all day. So they're basically stew meat. It's really, really sinewy. There's very little fat on them. And they're a nuisance. And even, I believe it's, it's the Sierra Club that says, we've got to do something about these nuisance cows. And if they say it, it's a problem. Well, I had heard that uh, there was some feral cattle in Northern California, Southern Oregon, uh, under the same situation a few years ago. Now, but with these, uh, these cows, if you will, that are, uh, in Hawaii, you know, some of the cuts, you know, have to be pretty good. I mean, like you would think backstraps or maybe rib steaks or something like that would be fairly tasty. Is that it? Even the backstrap was maybe at best, it would be, one of the lesser hindquarter cuts on a deer as far as tenderness. Oh, really? Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, no, again, no fat, running all day, foraging off whatever it is they can eat. On the other hand, we did shoot a pig that every afternoon this guy puts out a big pile of macadamia nuts. <laughs> well, why wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. The, the pigs come out of the woods and eat the macadamia nuts. The guide that... My buddy was with, you know, we would normally shoot the 100-pound sow. He goes, no, 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 shoot that big boar. It was incredible. The fat on this was bright white. Mm. It liquefied. We used the fat from the wild boar to add fat to our sausage. Now, in general, with a wild pig, you trim as much of that fat off as you can because it's very often off-tasting. Oh, yeah. But if you happen to have a truckload of macadamia nuts to feed your pigs. <laughs> Which we do. Um, <laughs> They're going to cost you about $400 a pound, but they're going to be really good. Now, question for you. Does that influence the flavor of the meat at all, macadamia nuts or not? Absolutely. It was incredible. Really? It was was the best mature male wild pig I've ever eaten. Now, were the uh, the pork chops well marbled then because of the macadamia nuts? Very much so. It was, it was unlike, and the marbling That's weird. was white. Not that, not that kind of off color that you see in a lot of wild pigs. It was, it was white, fat, marbled, and delicious. That's crazy. Mr. Scott Layseth, the host of Dead Meat Season 2. You have to watch it every single Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Sportsman Channel. All right. So here in the lower 48, you know, especially when you get down to like Louisiana and stuff. Uh, it seems strange for boys in the Midwest like Jimbo and I, the, the crap that they eat down there. 
But that is, once again, just common table fare. What is one of the most bizarre things you've eaten that ended up being totally delicious that you weren't expecting? Okay, in the new season. So you've seen the Asian carp that go flying out of the water when you go by them. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're shooting those with bows, and I've got Austin Goolsby. Does that name ring a bell? Oh, yeah. Austin Goolsby was Obama's chief economist. You'll see him on Fox all the time as the opposing viewpoint. Yeah. We didn't talk politics for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but he invited us out to shoot. He watches the show. He invited us out to shoot Asian carp. Well, really? So as you can imagine, it's a very low percentage shot because you're, you're doing hard circles in a boat as these fish are flying out of the water. Most of them that we got jumped into the boat or hit us in the back of the head. But then... We took it to a guy, one of the guys that was on the boat with us is Dirk Fusick from Dirk's Fish Gourmet Shop in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He took these carp. Now, the carp are filter feeders. They don't, they're not bottom feeders. These Asian carp eat plankton. So he took them to his shop, skinned them, left the bones in, left the bloodline in, and ground the whole thing. Really? And made carp cakes out of them. They were delicious. Really? Seriously? Really? I I know it doesn't sound delicious. It was really good. You figure the bones are ground up, so that's just calcium. Nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. Everything ground, formed into a cake, a little sauce on top. And I think if you go to Dirk's in Chicago, he actually has those carp cakes for sale because the Asian carp are not, they are a bit of a problem because being, being plankton feeders, they're eating all the feed that all the feed fish eat that the bigger fish feed on, and so we're reducing that. So they're a problem. So the best thing we can do, I think, right now is to eat them. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? You bet. All right. Hey, we're talking with Scott Lysif. He is the sporting chef. He also has a program called Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays at 2 o'clock Eastern Time. That is right. Now, Mr. Scott, before we get to break to learn more about you, Dead Meat, the sporting chef, all that good stuff, your partners, where can we find you online, man? Sportingchef.com. Best way to find out where this, when the schedule airs and what's on TV is to go to thesportsmanchannel.com. Look up Dead Meat or Sporting Chef, and it'll tell you when we air. All right, this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtandjerky.com. Part two with Scott Lasith, right after this. Don't go anywhere. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Take the boys with you wherever you go by logging on to JimandTrav.com. And if you don't, we'll hit you in the head with a frying pan. Ow. And your knee with a crowbar. Ah! So just log on to the website, okay? JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will continue next. I'm Nick Hoffman, and this is Nick's Wild Ride. Hair and all. Is this safe? No. <laughs> Great. Nick's Wild Ride is all about finding somewhere interesting to go hunt and then exploring that place. History, culture, music, food. There is so much behind a destination. All you have to do is look. That was potentially the most insane thing I've ever done. An all-new season of Nick's Wild Ride, Monday at 8 p.m., only on Outdoor Channel. Dickey Holsters is an American company that specializes in developing and producing concealment holsters and other everyday carry products. All of our products are made right here in the USA and come with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. 
Our holsters are designed for inside the waistband or pocket carry. There are no bulky, uncomfortable clips, hooks, or straps. They use our proprietary sticky material to securely hold in place. Carry confidently in comfort. Sticky holsters, the brand that fits your lifestyle. The Revolution with Jim and Travis on the air and full throttle outdoors this week. Yeah, sounds good. Now, let's get back to Scott Lasaf, host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. You're just joining us. We're talking, get this, full throttle outdoors. And you know, when you're out there and you're hunting, whether it be upland game or waterfowl or big game, uh, you got to do something with the meat. And the guy that we're going to be talking to again is old Scott Layseth, and he knows what to do with meat. That's right. He is the host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, season two, now airing Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. You have to watch it. Uh, Mr. Scott, there's one thing you've talked a lot about uh, and you've written some blogs about is grinding wild game. And it seems like everyone takes, you know, their animals to the butcher. They strip out the tenderloins of the back straps and they grind the rest. And everyone puts so much emphasis on backstrap. But to me, certain portions of the front shoulder and the neck, if you know what to do, they are just as delicious as the backstraps. What say you, sir? I, I could not agree more. Grinding most of your animal to me is a gigantic mistake. I just got a note from a guy who several years ago I was doing some corporate stuff and I had shown him how to prepare venison. He had last year he had called and said, Man, I did everything you told me to do. I took my it was a, a backstrap and I cooked it and it tasted great, but it was really, really, really tough. Mm. And I said, Well, you didn't age it. He goes, what? What? I said, when did you shoot it? He said, well, I shot it yesterday. I said, well, well that's, that's the problem. You know, how we handle that venison really makes a big difference on how it's going to be at the table. So I got a note from him recently, one year later, and he said, I am now the god of aging. <laughs> I took the back strap, and I aged it for 12 days in the Ooh. refrigerator wow. until it was, my friends are saying, man, that's rot. And then I give them a piece and they go, good Lord, that just melts in your mouth. So, you know, those necks, you go low and slow. The shoulders, I do the same thing. With the neck roast, people that throw those necks away don't know how much meat they're wasting. Yeah. And when you grind it, um, if you're going to take all the little pieces of muscle out and then grind it, to me, that's, a, that's way too much work. I roast the whole thing low and slow, brown it, braise it, and then you just pull these big hunks of delicious meat that falls right off the bone. Um, you can make stock out of that neck bone when you're done. Same with the shoulders. You don't need to take a knife and start breaking that shoulder down. Let the low and slow heat do it, and it'll fall right off the bone. You use it for tacos, stews, any, anything that can you can use nice, soft, pot roast-like meat for. That's what that's good for, those hindquarters. If you take the hindquarter muscles and remove each muscle, get rid of the sinew, the silver skin, cook it rare to medium rare, which is about 130, 135 degree internal temperature, slice it thinly across the grain, and I have people all the time tell me, this is really good backstrap. And it sure beats grinding that stuff into burgers. All right, talk with Mr. Scott Layseth, the host of The Sporting Chef, also Dead Meat, all new season two, currently airing on a Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Now, going back to grinding, I've heard some people say that when you grind your, your wild game up, 
your meat should be cold, your grinder should be cold, all the parts like the chamber, auger, stuff like that, knives, plates, it should all be chilled. Is that true, and does that make a difference in your grinding? It, it does make a big difference. I keep my grinder parts that the meat's going to go through, um, I keep it in the freezer. Do you um, really? And I get the meat almost frozen before I start to grind it. It's a much cleaner grind. If the meat is like room temp, if everything's room temp, it just tends to squash it a little bit. And you get, and it kind of mashes it up. And also the plates, the grinder plates get really gummy that way too. Oh. If you keep it cold, it grinds together. And when I'm grinding, a lot, there are a lot of folks out there that don't add fat to the grind. I use, I, my favorite is pork shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I'll just cut up some pork shoulder and I'm going to add about 20, 25% pork shoulder to my venison, elk, antelope grind and grind it all at the same time, mix it up real good. But, um, the cold part, big, big, big difference. It, it's a lot cleaner and doesn't gum up your grinder plates. Yeah. Now, as hunters by law in most states, we are required by, I think it's something like the wanton and wasted laws where you need to take all edible parts within reason off of that animal you harvested. When you're breaking down an animal, Mr. Scott, how far do you take it? You know, I mean, we, we take it all the way down to the hooves if we can, if you find any meat by the tail. Um, how far do you take it when you're processing your, your, your game? <laughs> I, very often, if it's a smaller animal, I'm not going to take the ribs because there's just not a whole lot on there. However, if you've got time, there's meat on those ribs. People that throw away the shanks, they kill me. I, you know, send me every deer shank you've got. Oh, yeah. Because that's as good as any braised lamb shanks or veal shanks, but I think people just don't know any better. Um, I don't think a lot of people are trying to be wasteful. I just don't think they know that those shanks are delicious, that the neck roasts are great, that you can make stock out of the bones. Um, it's not just loins and tenderloins. And by the way, on those back straps, I've got a personal deal that I want people to stop cutting them into medallions and butterflying, especially <laughs> the processors that do that, make them stop somehow. I'd much rather have a whole backstrap that I can do whatever I want to with instead of these stupid little butterfly medallions that are, that, that are apparently done that way so that they cook consistently. And they're very often cut the wrong way across the grain too. So stop doing that. Use your whole animal. I mean, Boil the heads and make a candle holder out of it. There's all sorts of things you can do with your deer. Don't waste deer. Don't breast out your ducks and throw the rest away because those legs and thighs are great. They just have to be cooked differently, and you can make stock out of just about any bone. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Scott Lyseth. He is the sporting chef and has a program called Dead Meat on Sportsman's Channel. Uh, let's see, what time? Saturday's 2 p.m. Eastern Time. All new season two kicked off this weekend. You have to watch it. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next is old Eric Poole. No, Kurt Wells. Well, him too. Yeah, Kurt Wells, the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel, and that is Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, Mr. Scott, to learn more about you and Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Where can we find you online, buddy? Sportingchefs.com will get you more recipes than you'll know what to do with. If you go to, we've got Facebook pages, Instagram for uh, Sporting Chef and Dead Meat. You want to know when the show airs? Go to thesportsmanchannel.com. All the information is there. All right, Kurt Wells. Coming up next. Appreciate it, Mr. Scott. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. 
Jim and Trav are going full throttle outdoors this week. And you should too by visiting them in cyberspace at JimandTrav.com. Your online home for all things outdoors. Let's go shoot our bows and kill some deer. Make some jerky to fill you up. It's called Field to Table. Humanity is responsible for endangering many species in both the past and the present. Man can destroy everything. And yet you put the right conservationists in line and you give them the tools that they need. And man can also restore anything. If we try and work against nature, we are going to wind up losing. Hopefully, with people like you, they're going to be here forever. Yeah, that's the goal. This is hardcore conservation on the front line. Wildlife Heroes. All new series, Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Looking for your next off-road adventure? The all-new Yamaha Wolverine X2 side-by-side is ready when you are. Offering unmatched off-road capability with ultimate comfort. The Yamaha Wolverine X2 is packed with features to help you turn your dreams of adventure into reality with Yamaha proven off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Visit YamahaOutdoors.com to learn more about the 2019 Yamaha Wolverine X2 and realize your adventure. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. As people who love the outdoors, we know what we stand for. We stand for fish, wildlife, and conserving places they call home. We stand for the traditions we inherited and that we must pass on. We stand for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences. At Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, we stand together for you. It's Full Throttle Outdoors on today's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now kicking off another two-parter with Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Cinch Jeans, the official clothing brand of the Revolution with Jim and Trav. View their entire line of apparel at cinchjeans.com. This is part one. Hey, we're back. You're just joining us. You missed old Scott Layseth, man. He has all kinds of stuff that he's going to eat. He's eating stuff I wouldn't even step in. That's right. And our next guest, he is the one that's going to bring all the meat. That is Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel. You have to watch it. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Kurt, you old brown bear hunter. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah. Now, you get a chance, you know, being uh, the editor of Bowhunter Magazine, you get a chance to hunt in a lot of different locations. But this past fall, you decided that you were going to hunt brown bear in Alaska. Where did you go? And what did you do? Well, this is my third year in a row hunting brown bear. It's been one of those hunts, uh, one of those animals that's been pretty elusive, I guess you could say. And this year I hunted in a place called Pile Bay, which is right near Lake Iliamna in Alaska. And uh, I had a, just an outstanding hunt. Yeah, now you're up there, obviously, bow hunter TV, you weren't up there with your 7 mag. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're hunting these massive Alaskan brown bear with a bow. And for me, I've never hunted brown bear. Jimbo has. He's taken numerous amazing brown bear, you know, like you have. But to be that close to a brown bear with a bow, the adrenaline, is that one part of the hunt that is really attractive to you? Yeah, you know, some people might consider us to be a little messed up in the head for the one to do that kind of thing, sneak up to a brown bear and poke him with a sharp stick. But, uh, <laughs> that's really the uh, the allure of it is, is that potential danger. Now, of course, you have a, a guide with a great big rifle that's uh, there to protect you. But um, it's still, when 
you get to that point where you're sneaking up on a bear and uh, you're trying to get within 25 yards or so or less. Wow. Um, that is definitely a big time rush. Now, uh, what you're doing is you're out there and at that time of the year, especially Lake Iliama, I've hunted around there many times, uh, they're still foraging on salmon. And so are you trying to uh, get to the Iliama River or where there's a lot of salmon to be able to get close to them? Yeah, that's exactly where we were, was on, on the Iliamna River, and the salmon run was pretty dead. And the previous two years, I had problems with uh, a huge berry hatch. And, and contrary to what a lot of people believe is uh, brown bears, if they have the option, they'll choose berries over fish. Really? And, really? Uh, that, yeah, that's, uh, once those berries freeze and they start putting on sugar, then the bears really get on the berries for uh, to prepare for hibernation. But this year there was almost no berries and a lot of fish. And, of course, uh, one of the strategies that they use up there is to sit in a tree stand along the river. But I didn't really want to shoot a bear out of a tree if I could help it. I wanted to get the full experience and stocking them. So what we did is float the river. We'd go upstream with a jet boat and then float the river back down. The bear population was just unreal. I saw 27 bears on the first day and 34 on the second day, and then I just kind of quit counting them. Holy cow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were hunting in a specific area that only allows this hunt every other year, I think, and you were like the first hunters that year, weren't you? Right. there. It's a every other year area, so every two years they open it up for uh, brown bear hunting in the fall. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why that is because there's so many bears you could easily handle an every year hunt. But uh, so since we were the archery hunters, they take four archery hunters and then four gun hunters, and we were first. So nobody was hunting these bears for the first or for the previous two years. And then there's a lot of fishing action that happens on that river. So these fishermen are floating up and down this river. And uh, so the bears get a little bit of accustomed to seeing people. So I think that accounted somewhat for how many bears we were seeing. Yeah. Now, on this uh, on this fold, you said you ran upstream. And uh, now, were you at, above the lake or were you below the lake? We were above the lake. Above the lake, okay. And yeah, and it's kind of a strange situation. There's a 15 mile road that goes from uh, one part of the ocean to Bristol Bay, so these uh, people can bring their commercial fishing boats, get on, a, get launch their boat onto a trailer, go 15 miles, get into Lake Iliamna, and then go down uh, the lake and then uh, 60 miles of the river and get to Bristol Bay, and it saves them a 1,000-mile trip to go around. Oh, holy wow. cow, really? Islands. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a strange deal. So we're out here in the middle of the bush, and there's a road there with semis that pull these boats back and forth. Oh, holy cow. All right, Mr. Kurt Wells, the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You could always go back and pick up previous seasons and episodes with the My Outdoor TV app. Now, this brown bear hunt is going to be featured on Bowhunter TV, but we're seeing, you know, people sitting here listening, Mr. Kurt, they think, holy cow, 27 bears the first day, 34 bears the next day. Just because you're seeing that amount of bears and having that kind of action, it's not an easy hunt. I mean, you're going after a certain bear. You want to go after a mature bear. Um, did you see a lot of mature bears? What, what, is, what was it like? 
Well, that's exactly uh, right. It's almost similar to a sheep hunt where you're you're searching for that one animal that uh, you got to weed out of all the others. So we saw lots of sows and cubs, and it's always exciting when you're drifting down a river 15 yards from a sow and cubs. But, uh, yeah, I saw two very large bears uh, right at sundown and couldn't get the shot because they were floating on the river and the bear was uh, right down in the water and you can't really shoot a bear when it's in the water. And I uh, couldn't quite get it done there. And then uh, so and then the bear I killed on the sixth day, so there was three bears that I saw. Out of all those bears that we saw every day, I saw three that uh, would have considered shooters. Yeah, hey, we got to take a break. Can you uh, stick around? Because i got a whole lot more questions to ask you about that bear hunt. Okay. Okay. Hey, we've been talking with Kurt Wells. He's the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and the host of Bowhunter TV. Yeah, on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. This has been brought to you by Cinch Jeans, the official clothing brand of the revolution with Jim and Trav. Hop online, check out their entire line of apparel at cinchjeans.com. Mr. Kurt, before we get to a break to learn more about you, Bowhunter Magazine and Bowhunter TV, where do we have to head to online, buddy? Bowhunter.com, or you can go to a Facebook page or Instagram page and uh, find out just about anything you need to know. But Bowhunter.com would be your first stop. You bet more. Kurt Wells, right after this. You better stick around. Recently, we asked if you thought we'd been really awesome these past few months. You guys have been really awesome these last few months. And you agreed. So for even more awesome, check out JimandTrav.com and stay tuned because the Super Duper Awesome Show will continue right after these short messages. Our species' relationship to wild food spans back to the beginning of time. It is our ancestral diet. I'm Stephen Ranella. To me, hunting isn't only about the pursuit of an animal. It's about who we are and what we're made of. This is rough country, man. You definitely earn every step in it. I'm not giving up yet. I live to hunt and hunt to live. I am a meat eater. Meat Eater, Sunday at 9 Eastern on Sportsman. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Attention outdoor adventure enthusiasts. Introducing the world's most off-road capable four-seat side-by-side, the 2019 Yamaha Wolverine X4. It's packed with features to help you turn your dreams of adventure into reality with Yamaha-proven off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Visit YamahaOutdoors.com to learn more about the 2019 Yamaha Wolverine X4 and realize your adventure. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we talk full throttle outdoors. Now, let's rejoin Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proof and off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at Yamaha Motorsports.com. Here's part two. If you're just joining us, you missed the first part of Kurt Wells talking about an exciting brown bear hunt up in Alaska on the Iliama River. Now, question for you, Kurt. Now, when you're floating down and you finally got to the point where you knew you were going to take that bear, did you float past him and then come back upstream on land? Or did you shoot him on the shore while floating in the boat? What actually happened is we were running upstream with the jet boat 
and there was a little tributary coming in, and the bear was uh, feeding on salmon in that tributary. So we went beyond him, pulled the boat up on shore, got the wind, and uh, got to that little creek, which was only about 15 to 20 yards wide. So the bear was on the other side of the creek, and uh, we went sneaking down our side, and we were actually on bear trails. Uh, sneaking along on bear trails with a bunch of dead routing salmon and all kinds of bear sign around and <laughs> oh, I didn't leave anything on the trail and uh, and then I managed to get to a spot where I could shoot across the creek at the bear. Oh, well, holy cow. 25 man. yard shot. Oh man. Alright, again, Mr. Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel Wednesdays, 10pm Eastern Time. Now let's kind of transition to deer hunting for a second. Obviously we're right, I mean, it's November, okay? This is prime time for hunting, Mr. Kurt, and there is something you have said before. You are, you're a very aggressive deer hunter. When you know when it's time to get up, when to start moving, but there's something you said before, hunt the does, you find the bucks. How true is that? Well, especially this time of year. Well, actually, right now we're kind of in the pre-rut just a little bit, getting towards the end of the pre-rut, where a lot of times it seems like the bucks are more concerned with the other bucks and they're, they're establishing their pecking order and running around. They don't quite pay as much attention to does, but here... Now, uh, like up here in North Dakota, we're sitting here at 25, 26 degrees today, and it's sunny. Now the transition is happening where they're going to start concentrating on the does, and uh, this next week to two weeks is going to be uh, really good. And so you want to be wherever those does are. We're getting some cornfields are getting picked now, and uh, wherever those does are, those bucks are going to show up. And, and the important thing is, is that this is the time of year when they're up on their feet moving all day. And, uh, you gotta be in it because you never know when they come cruising by us. So you kind of want to be in funnel areas and pinch points and places where they can get from one block of cover to another block of cover, uh, and have to go right by us. Yeah. Well, now here, uh, of course, we're calling it from Northwest Kansas. We still have a lot of crops in the field. Is that a problem for you when you're out there? Yeah, it's a problem up here right now because we've had a super wet fall, and so there are just entire seas of cornfields uh, standing yet, and they're just starting to dry out enough where they're combining. But it does hold the deer quite a bit. It creates a lot of cover, especially in North Dakota where there is a lot of cover anyway. But I've always thought deer can't really rut very well out in the cornfields. They got to get out of the corn. They can make scrapes and rubs and take does, and you can't really do that in the cornfield. So, um, if you're in some woods near a cornfield or shelter belts or anything like that where you deer can cruise, and another really good place, especially in prairie country, is uh, creeks, creek bottoms. Uh, the, you might have. Uh, 10, 15 acres of land along a creek that could be better than 600 acres anywhere else because the deer will cruise the creek looking for uh, does that have been crossing or using the creek trying to cut their scent. Now, you have used something before that I've seen, and it's kind of different. It's almost like a Montana decoy that you can hide behind, but it's a stalker decoy, and you have it mounted to your bow, and you, you kind of retrofit it. You could put antlers or whatever on it. How effective is that? Yeah, uh, what happens uh, typically is we get into a time called lockdown, which is somewhere around November 10th or so, where these bucks will take a, 
a doe out into an open area, whether it's a plowed field or a pasture or something, and they'll hold them out there, and they'll be like a cutting horse trying to prevent the doe from getting into the woods. And then once she submits, then he'll go find another doe. But where I like uh, these decoys, these stalker decoys, is you mount to your bow, and then your arrow and your sight and stabilizer go through a gap in the decoy, and then uh, you can sneak up to these deer, especially if they're bedded out in this grass. Uh, so you got a buck and a doe bedded out there in the grass, and they're minding their own business, and you come sneaking up there, or you show that decoy, that buck is not going to like it. If you got antlers on it, he's going to consider you to be an intruder, and uh, he's going to come toward you. And he's expecting movement. So when you go to draw, uh, you know, you're not completely hidden, but they're kind of confused. Their brain is sort of fogged over with the rut. And uh, it can it's an aggressive tactic, but it can really work, and it's super exciting. Yeah, now I have found, I think it's Montana Decoys also, that has uh, a cow decoy. And, of course, we've used it for waterfowling, but I would imagine that if you're out there and there's been a lot of cows in the area, say you're hunting CRP and they've grazed them all summer, uh, set up this uh, this cow decoy that you can move with and get close to them. Yeah, I haven't tried that for whitetails. I know it works for pronghorns, too, and, and uh, snow geese. Uh, years ago, we made a cow decoy out of cardboard and used it for snow geese, and everybody in town was talking about those two idiots out there behind that cow, cow decoy. <laughs> but, but it just goes to show you I'll do just about anything to uh, make it happen as long as, long as it's legal. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Kurt Wells, the editor and innovator at a Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. Now, Mr. Kurt, biggest question of all. Let's say we're silly and we don't have a subscription to Bowhunter Magazine. Do you even sell subscriptions? Can we get one? And if we do, where do we have to go to get one, man? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, the magazines have little cards that are always dropping out all the time, but uh, go to bowhunter.com, and you can find a spot there that you can subscribe and get pretty good deals online for subscribing, and uh, it ends up costing you about fifteen per issue. So oh, you can wow. buy a cup of coffee for that. Oh, you bet. Hey, we've been talking with Kurt Welch. He's the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and the host of Bowhunter TV, CNN Sports Channel, Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. That's right. You have to follow him on social media. Check him out online and make sure you get a subscription to Bowhunter Magazine. Uh, Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next is Eric Poole. He's the editor of Guns and Ammo Magazine, also co-host of Guns and Ammo on Sportsman Channel, Thursdays at 9 o'clock. That's right. We have dueling editors. We got Ooh. smart people on this week's show. Uh, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online and check them out. Test drive one today at YamahaMotorsports.com. Mr. Kurt, you were so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you, and good luck to all you deer hunters out there. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're a beer-drinking, flag-waving good time. Oh, yeah! Stay tuned. The Revolution will continue after these short messages. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. 
Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631 800-570-9631 That's 800-570-9631 We're discussing Full Throttle Outdoors this week. Now, here's Mr. Eric Poole, editor of Guns & Ammo and co-host of Guns & Ammo on Sportsman Channel, Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Sticky Holsters, the brand that fits your lifestyle. See them online at StickyHolsters.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. Here's your shooting as you missed old Scott Lathan. It was a two-parter. No, no, Kurt Wells. It was Kurt Wells, too. Man, not Kurt Wells was before the break. Scott Lacey kicked off the whole show, uh, but Mr. Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Sportsman Channel. That is Wednesday. Are we working on the same show? I don't think we are. Wednesday's 10 p.m. Eastern time, but Thursday's 9 p.m. Eastern time. You have to catch Guns and Ammo right now. Just a, I'm just now being joined by Eric Poole. He is the editor of Guns and Ammo Magazine and the co-host Guns and Ammo TV. Mr. Eric, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing excellent, guys. Always love being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we are, as a society, are always looking for the biggest, the best, the brightest, and so forth. And so they are at Guns and Ammo. Yeah, and Jimbo and I were always looking for a pat on the back. We love compliments. <laughs> uh, and Guns and Ammo recently just gave us an award, the worst radio show ever. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's a great accomplishment. But you guys are just now releasing. You have to be good at something. That's right. The 2019 Guns and Ammo of the Year Awards. Now, this is something we look forward to every year because you guys really single out things I never would have thought about. Now, let's talk about Handgun of the Year. Who did it go to? Absolutely. Taurus TX-22 in uh, 22 Long Rifle. Really? caliber. Yep. It's, one thing I love about it is that it's uh, $350 retail, which means we're finding them for like across the counter between $290 and $300 for something brand new in the box. Wow. And uh, you can watch a lot of YouTube videos, even the YouTubers, which are often uh, cynical about Forest 22s, anything like that. They love this thing. It's a popular gun, and it runs great. All right, so we just talked about the Taurus TX-22, 22LR, that is. What is, this is the one I'm kind of most excited about. What did Guns and Ammo select uh, for the Rifle of the Year? All right, guys. Well, typically, Rifle of the Year for us is often a another low price point kind of gun, uh, high value. There's been a lot of them in the past, like the TC Compass has won it in the past. The Ruger American rifle. This year, we we threw a little bit more money at this one because this rifle is just that good. It's a Browning's X-Bolt Max Long Range. Oh, wow. We tested it in 6.5 Creedmoor and shot this thing out 1,200 yards. It is so simple to shoot long range now. It makes it the effort ridiculous. Yeah. well, so, the f- And it's $1,270. That's not bad. Well, you know, when you say Browning, you've really kind of said it all when it comes to quality, haven't you? That's right. I mean, they, they've got a great reputation, and the X-Bolt isn't necessarily a new action for them, but they've refined it over the years that it is really 
an impressive rifle at this point. Oh, man. Now, this one kind of surprised me because this is a brand, oh, going back, Gus Bader for but a you, long time. You have, uh, you have a couple of them. I have you? a couple TriStars myself. Shotgun of the Year went to TriStar. That's the big surprise right there. Everybody yeah. was predicting something, maybe a Remington, maybe a Browning or Winchester or Benelli even. Nope. We went with a TriStar Viper G2 in 410. We <laughs> really? forgot how much fun it is to shoot a 410. And this thing actually looks great. It's got a great piece of Turkish walnut on there, a nice burnt bronze Cerakote. It's going to resist the weather and the elements. And it's just fun to shoot for $800. And that is the top of the line Viper G2. If you don't want the burnt bronze, you're okay with a black polymer stock and a black finish. I mean, these things, you can find them over the counter for in the $400 to $500 range. Yeah. You know, to, to now people are really getting turned on the fact that you can't argue with the price because so many guns now are, are no longer affordable. I mean, when was the last time you saw a Remington 700 for 400 bucks? Oh, I mean, God. Things like that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. yeah. M- maybe if the stock's broken. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> now let's, uh, let's talk ammo of the year. Who was that? Ammo of the year. This was a really a difficult one because there was a couple of really tight contenders, but we ended up giving it more to the cartridge than the brand of ammo. But still, we're going to give Winchester the credit. Uh, they developed the 350 Legend, and it has been, you know, a firestorm. Everybody wants to get a hold of this cartridge. Uh, it's kind of like stuffing a, a 357 38 Magnum mullet you know, into a 223 case that hasn't been necked down. Oh, wow. Now, it's not exactly that simple, but it really means that now anything that can take a 223 base, you open up the bore, you put a different barrel on it, and now you're shooting, you know, a, a slug, 150 grain uh, bullet at uh, 1,550 feet per second with, you know, a 2290 out of 20-inch barrel if you want to go longer. So it, it really has a lot of performance, which is what a lot of those wildcatters knew when uh, people were playing with this idea back in the 80s. Beautiful. Hey, we've been talking with old Eric Poole. He is the editor of Guns and Ammo Magazine, co-host of Guns and Ammo Television on Sportsman Channel, Thursdays at 9 o'clock. That's right, and be smart and go to GunsandAmmo.com, get a subscription today, and uh, check out the 2019 Guns and Ammo of the Year Award. So cool. This has been brought to you by Sticky Holsters, the brand that fits your lifestyle. Hop online, check them out. After you go to GunsAndAmmo.com, you got to go to StickyHolsters.com. Get yourself a holster. Mr. Eric, so awesome. Thank you for announcing the 2019 Guns and Ammo of the Year Awards right here on the show, buddy. Thank you, guys. Have a good time. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is powered by our amazing listeners and sponsors. I like it. It's got layers. We're proud to partner with Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, standing together for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences. Visit them at cabelas.com and basspro.com. Stay tuned. The Revolution will continue after these important messages. My Outdoor TV is now available on all your favorite devices. With the best hunting, fishing, and shooting shows ever made, it's the ultimate streaming service for real-life outdoor adventures. My Outdoor TV is packed with over 10,000 exclusive episodes, powered by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. The leaders in outdoor entertainment. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Start your free trial today. My Outdoor TV, now everywhere. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com.
He's out there, the elusive wild boar. And now the dogs are loose. And the drive is on. It's full bore excitement. From the forest and the fields of France's Loire Valley, the spectacular season premiere of Wild Boar Fever. Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel. Watch past seasons of Wild Boar Fever on My Outdoor TV. Go to MyOutdoorTV.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. So I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. Well, that's a wrap. The revolution with Jim and Travis over this week. Bye. Bye. Hope you liked it. And that's it. Remember, stay in touch with the boys and provide us some valuable feedback at JimandTrav.com. What a great show this week. Didn't you really enjoy talking to Scott Lyseth and uh, Eric Poole and uh, Kurt Wells? And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was a fun show. And even Mrs. Bunny, you stopped by for a brief moment. Briefly, boys. Yes, she did. In her briefs. Jimbo, who would you like to thank? My brief. Briefs. His breeze, boxer breeze. Hey, we, we'd like to thank all of our affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes this show possible, like Miss Bunny and all the gang here at the Revolution. That's right, Miss Bunny. Last word: JimandTrav.com. Go there, listen to stuff. It's fun. Be smarter. That's and right. Smart. Jimbo. Last word: Hey, we've got uh, youth hunting seasons coming up, or they're this weekend. Get out there. Yeah, j- do just something. Make sure you you hop on your state's DNR page. Check that one out. You you want to be yeah. in the, the right there. I was uh, early. Get outdoors this weekend. Take some kiddos with you with those youth seasons and hammer home firearm safety. That is imperative, folks. We got to go. Thanks for listening. And if it wasn't for you boys and girls, we couldn't be doing this every single week. We will return next week. God bless. Peace out. We love you. USA, you're the absolute best. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.